Welcome to Law's Healing Garden. Law's Healing Garden focuses on overall health while promoting natural products and practices. Our talks will include health tips for not only the physical body, inside and out, but also for the mind, our emotional state, our souls, and pockets when it comes to finances and wealth. Health and wealth is so vital to our everyday life and living. So, let's grow together. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Law's Healing Garden Podcast. Um, I want to thank everyone for supporting me and listening to our first episode. It was a success. Um, Thank you so much for the feedback and also for the shares. Um, Please continue to share and uh, give me that feedback. You can also take a listen not only on the Anchor app, but also Google Podcasts and um, Spotify. So what we are going to do is go ahead and start our second podcast. I am here with Mr. Travis Wright and I'm going to introduce him and also let him talk about himself as well. Um, Today's podcast we're going to be talking about getting to know Mr. Travis Wright, knowing who he is and his health journey. Um, He has suffered through a traumatic event and been successful and victorious. And so he's going to share that with us, not only sharing that um, event and things that happened, but also talk about some preventive care and medicine, trusting yourself and the medical professionals as well. So hello, Mr. Wright, Travis Wright. Greetings. Greetings. Um, I wanted to bring you on the show because I know how important it is for us to talk about health. That's why I started this podcast, but also to address um, an issue and um, some misconceptions when it comes to black men, especially going to the doctor, taking their meds, you know, understanding why health is wealth. Right. So what I would like to do before we get into some of it is have you come and tell us about yourself. Who are you? All right. Uh, Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for allowing me to be on your podcast. You're welcome. Um, I did get a chance to listen to the first episode, and it was very um, insightful. Good. So um, I think you got a good thing going. Yay. (laughs) I'm nervous um, because, you know, you're such a professional. No, I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, But you got me talking about myself, and that's that's always a little difficult mm-hmm. um, to say that uh, I, I'm an Augusta native uh, born in Augusta, Georgia in 1970 so change of a decade I, I feel that um, you know that 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 era you know that the 70s uh, is the ending of the civil rights era and kind of going into what people would call the or at least our people we refer to as the 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 Black Power era, right? The '70s. So brought up, brought along the Af- Afros and you know 
being in touch with who we are, you know, as a people. And so um, I I just find that significant because I think it has to do with who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the era I was born into. Um, I'm a child of hip hop. And so I got to be here for that, you know, throughout the 80s, you know, most of the times your most influential period of your, your life is, you know, when you're 10 to 13 years old, right? Uh, and that's when hip hop was birthed and that's when I was introduced to hip hop. So that's also in the core of who I am as a person. Uh, hip hop, you know, they say I am hip hop, right? Uh, but other than that, uh, I, I'm a guy who is a, a brother, um, two sisters, uh, a mother and father who have now been married for 53, four years or so, you know, um, parents that met when mom was 19 and dad was 20, uh, dad went off to fight in Vietnam and got the news that I was being born. And so came back home to, um, to start a young family. Uh, uh, my parents began a, a journey, you know, so I, I'm there with them, right? So they're young people, you know, 23 years old. And so uh, they both started professional careers. And so my dad ended up moving the family to Atlanta to pursue the professional careers. Uh, therefore, I, I kind of, we kind of moved around a lot because he was chasing opportunity and we were on the rise, so to speak. And so um, that's inside of me making me part of who I am is just kind of that up until the time I went to high school in the ninth grade, that was the first time that I went to the same school for two more than two years. So I I did go to high school nine through 12 at one school. Uh, But all the way up until that point, I was always at a different school. And so, you know, you're always that new guy. So you kind of make friends, but you don't bring them in too close. You know, um, you're kind of an outsider in a lot of the kids' experiences because they talk about what they have done together, you know, and I wasn't there. (laughs) I wasn't there for that. Uh, And so I I think that's a lot of who I am. Um, Maybe some insecurities because of of those things. Uh, And so, you know, that's part of who I am. Uh, And then for me to grow up, my, my father was always a, a career salesman. Um, and just like anybody who had a father that might have been a mechanic, they would grow up around cars, right? They would grow up around, I mean, up under the hood, so to speak. Um, I grew up with a career salesman as a dad. So he would come home and, you know, hey, son, we're getting ready to do role play. You know, you be the customer. Okay, uh, so in your professional life, you mainly a salesman. Right. Okay. So yeah, same same kind of trend, right? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So all I wanted to be was a successful business person or salesperson modeling after after dad. Mm-hmm. Um and so I did go to Augusta Tech, took up marketing and management. I landed my first assistant manager's job in, in the retail store in the mall at probably age twenty two, which led me away from Augusta into Savannah which, you know, now I'm starting to, to learn my, my own self, right? right? So you're no longer up under your parents' roof and you, you get to know yourself at these times. Um, 
And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, 20 younger 20s and now I'm pursuing my professional journey, which led me uh, from Savannah to uh, the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, eventually, I, I, I got married, started my own family, you know, moved back back home to Georgia, uh, had two, uh, well, uh, a stepdaughter, a daughter that I basically married into, beautiful Taylor. Uh, when I met her, she was three. Now she's I just found out yesterday that she's 30. <laughs> uh, but yeah, two sons now, which are Canaan and Zion. Canaan's 24 and Zion's 21 and just proud of those guys. Uh, you know, just I'm dad, I'm brother. Okay, so learning more about your upbringing your professional life how you got started with that and then also your family mm-hmm. and now uh, we mo- mainly you we know you as brother trav brother trav the god brother so you are an artist as well um a promoter here in the area a community activist um, all those things and um so we have we know you as this um creative being right but you've been heavily involved in the community over some time uh, specifically the artist community so if you could just tell us briefly about that and um i would like to get into your health journey okay okay all right and so um that's kind of a good segue uh, because the the professional career me being in the washington dc area i was actually terminated from the job that led me to being in D.C. Uh, It was all of a sudden. It was unexpected. At the time, I probably was the most gung-ho employee that, you know, that the company ever had, you know. Uh, I was on the supervisory level uh, just to find out that, you know, I I went from being suspended without reason to being fired without explanation and just being told that, you know, hey, we're at an at-will state, we're in Virginia, we don't really need to let you know. And uh, so it was through these frustrations and all of these different feelings on the inside of me that I actually penned what became my first poem. And that's when I started to develop the writing skill and things like that. So that's when I believe Brother Trav the Poet was birthed. Always been artistically inclined, usually as a drawer, as a sketch artist. Uh, but I found that that I can make more um, impact with words. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed to be a therapeutic thing for you as well because you were upset, and this is how you were able to express yourself real time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Without, without hurting someone <laughs> or someone else. <laughs> or yourself. <laughs> right. Even. Yeah. Exactly. Therapy. Yeah. Love it. Right. Okay. So being an artist, um, using your words and so forth, you you uh, move back to the Augusta area and you really have had an opportunity to push forward the artists here in the community. The community itself now knows artists. And I wanted to say this before we talk about your health journey. Thank you so much for providing stages and opportunities and being a mentor um, and an example for us here in the Augusta CSRA area. I appreciate you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so the reason You're why welcome. I wanted you to come here is because, you know, um, most people know Brother Trav have 
suffered a traumatic event and we want to get into that but just talking about your overall health journey um, and how we ended up here now okay all right so um fast forward the clock 2012 right uh i married the love of my life you oh <laughs> la la <laughs> keisha um and uh just to kind of fast forward the story uh 2013 so now we're six months seven months into our first year of marriage and uh, I, I suffered what's called an aortic dissection. Most people don't know what it is. Before it happened to me, I had never heard of it. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, a guy that had been diagnosed with high blood pressure for most of my adult life. You know, you, you, I would go into the clinic for whatever reason, maybe stitches to, you know, to to, to um, stitch up a, a wound and they end up taking my blood pressure and the all of a sudden the attention's no longer on the cut, the, the attention's right. on my blood pressure. You're bleeding out, but and, they want to understand why yeah, your yeah, pressure's so high. Yeah, not necessarily bleeding out. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I need stitches. Got, got a little cut there, but they're not so much worried about the cut as they were about the blood pressure. So I would always have these talks with the professionals when I would go to the doctors uh, and they would actually prescribe me medication and stuff like that. Me, like... A lot of young brothers um, had heard the stigma of, you know, high blood pressure. It, it's a, it affects your ability to perform, so to speak. And uh, I didn't want any part of that. And so um, I didn't want any part of the meds. Mm-hmm. And so I said I would just cope with it in my own way. Um, you know, I we had eliminated uh, beef from our diets and red meat, uh, no pork on the menu and things like that uh but apparently it wasn't enough uh the high blood pressure by being hereditary in my family mom's on high blood pressure meds dad's on high blood pressure meds sister on high blood pressure um and and so it's in the dna so you know no matter what i may have done to adjust my diet you needed help i needed help and so um all of a sudden one day a sunday afternoon April 7th, 2013, you and I went to worship service. We came back. I never forget the scene. You were folding laundry. I was having lunch. All of a sudden, from nowhere, uh, I felt some pressure in my chest, which I thought was indigestion from what I was eating. Uh, Not to be too graphic, I went to the bathroom. I regurgitated. I came back to the table. Uh, The sensation was still in my chest. All this is happening within seconds, minutes even, you know, I still didn't alert you. I went to the uh, bedroom. I laid down on the bed. I all of a sudden got real hot to where I'm profusely sweating. I'm peeling off layers of clothing. I'm uh, now in my boxers. I'm so sweaty that I can, you know, just fling sweat from my forehead. Excuse me. I, um, went to sit, you know, went to stand up off of the side of the bed there and the left leg just totally gave out. And so tumbled onto the floor. The left leg has no movement, no sensation. This is when I holler for you. You come, uh, eventually an ambulance comes, takes me down to MCG. Uh, MCG runs a, a medical college of Georgia, runs a series of tests. Um, next thing you know, I'm being told 
that I'm going to be airlifted to um, Atlanta for emergency surgery. Wow. And uh, me thinking that, okay, it's the leg, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what's going on with my leg? So right. I'm thinking that the leg is what needs the attention. Right, because your leg goes totally numb. You, you have no feeling. No movement. Can, no movement. Yeah, can't, it was dead. Can't twinkle the toes. Nothing. Right. Uh, and so I, to my recollection, wake up in the uh, intensive care unit three or four days later. Mm. So. So to kind of um, help the audience understand, high blood pressure is a very, very common thing because your aortic dissection, the cause of it was untreated high blood pressure. So we want to understand what we're talking about here. So first, when it comes to blood pressure, blood pressure is the pressure of blood pushing near um, against the walls of your arteries. And so when it has that pressure, it causes those numbers to rise and it brings wear and tear on the arteries. Right. So over a period of time, you're tearing into the artery which causes that to burst so that dissection that you had mm-hmm. is the explosion <laughs> of your aorta because you actually had an aortic right it's the dissection. main artery that comes from the heart right and so if you can imagine i always kind of try to paint a picture of uh turning a water hose on and having the spigot at the end of the hose tight mm-hmm. but you got the faucet going full speed and eventually that water hose is going to you know it's going to get hard it's going to get really firm and uh it's going to find a weakness in the the hose and it's going to exploit that weakness Perfect and exam- then yeah, you know is. at some point it may bubble out mm-hmm. and then it may burst and so this is what happened to me and so i'm, I'm bleeding out internally as this um traumatic event is happening and so um, thank God for modern medicine. Uh, thank God for, for God, right? right. <laughs> uh, but I was able to, to survive that. Um, you know, all of these hours transpired before I, w- I hit an operating table. Mm-hmm. And usually, you know, within 10 to 30 minutes, you know, if you suffer an aortic dissection, you're, you're gone. Right. Uh, and so I, I say nothing but God with that. Right, because um, that tear... In the inner layer of the large blood vessel, his aorta, when that happens, you're actually bleeding out into the vessel. And even though an aorta dissection is rare, we probably have fewer than 200,000 people that actually have it. Um, there are less than one half of the those who suffer from a rupture actually survive in a critical case. Um, yours is very critical. In fact, you still live with a tear in your era. So speaking of the, the event, and we're so thankful for the medical professionals that were available to recognize what was going on and that pushed for him to get a flight from Augusta to Emory Hospital in Atlanta and to actually have a call out to Dr. Bradley um, Leschnauer. Um, Dr. Bradley Leschnauer at Emory Hospital, shout out to him. He has been a blessing and really has... Um, encouraged us through this journey even after right yeah yeah um so we're so thankful when we give thanks um to those who who work behind the scenes and mm-hmm. making sure that we're taken care of because we had flight nurses we had 
x-ray techs <laughs> dr dr dewari mm-hmm. who was my vascular surgeon who performed this miraculous procedure to uh, bring circulation back to my left leg oh so this let's get back to it let's right. get back to the story yeah so you get to the hospital and i will say this because you didn't realize this eight hours after we got to the hospital is when you actually were on the operating table at Emory and they did several different operations. The first one was to repair the rupture, right? They tried, to, they were saving, even though the leg was an issue, right? We still have to have blood flowing through the body. So they had to repair that. And you said that you woke up three, four days later, right? Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about the other procedures that had to happen in order to keep you alive and keep you functioning. Okay. So, um, so just to clear it up to, to the people, okay. uh, the, the main surgery, uh, it, you know, it required my rib cage being sawed in half and cracked open, you know, like a, a lobster. And uh, so they could go in there and work. And so from what I understand, uh, part of the aorta is uh, replaced from a cadaver aorta. Uh, the, the aorta descending uh, is still held together with a stent Mm -hmm. or with stents uh and as you stated uh the the tear is still it's still there it's still there um and so there was another procedure that i had to have that was called a a femoral bypass right so the femoral bypass was a procedure in which they routed the blood flow going from the right leg that was still functioning uh across my groin over to the left leg to get blood flowing into the left leg. And so uh, that was another huge thing that uh, took a lot of recovery Mm -hmm. was, you know, getting this left leg back right. Um, uh, when When they first did that procedure and the blood started to flow into the left leg, it started to come too fast into that extremity. They call that compartment syndrome. Uh, which uh, resulted in me having two uh, fasciotomies mm-hmm, on that on that left leg, which left two ga- gaping wounds, which was another huge part of this recovery. Yes. So I, I, I'm, I'm recovering. You know, I got the what's going on in the chest. chest uh, I got what's going on with the bypass. Chewed up. And I got what's going on with yes. these huge wounds. And now wearing... Uh, what do they call it that I had to wear wound a, vac? a wound vac for so many weeks? Right, you and had go some deep to wounds. Uh, wound care, and uh, man, just it, it brings up so many memories that to to me, yeah. is, you know, they're very emotional because I can talk about it and start to feel the the pain, the physical right. pain. And, and I want you to continue to talk about it, and I think this is very important for others to hear because a lot of people don't consider the pain that you have to go through and suffer right when you do have a stroke when you do have a dissection when you do have a heart attack the recovery of that yeah. if you survive yeah when you you know if you were to have a stroke uh one of the things that and 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 here and this is a confession uh because I got to I got to say it because there's other men out here that think this way and it's a selfish way of thinking uh, but even when I knew I was walking around with elevated high blood pressure and people telling me I'm a walking time bomb, 
what I would say to myself is, well, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is I drop dead and die. Yeah. That's the worst that can happen. Mm-hmm. But no, but that my wasn't friends, that wasn't worse. That probably would have been a, a lot right. easier yes. than what I, I was forced to go through because of the pain. pain. Yes. Yeah. And so I wouldn't wish that. I always said when I was suffering this pain, I wouldn't wish this pain on my worst enemy. Yes, it was hard. Yeah, it, it was, was hard for me to really see you go hard, through that. You know, really, and so long, so extended. Right. You know, and, and, and then the, the leg, the left leg, three years later, 2016, they find a, a blood clot in that leg and they have to go digging back in there, which created a bigger wound than the previous two ever were. I feel almost feel like we need to have a podcast just to talk about wound care and wound yeah, health. Yeah, and, and going because back to the um, back to the thing, wound yeah. back and back to that whole process. And uh, the, just the pain, it just seemed to last forever. Mm-hmm. Uh but man, I'm so glad and blessed to be here. Yeah. Uh, my life took a different trajectory when I came out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things I, I want to share with the people is, you know, through this, what we would call a miracle. Um, it was during this time that I feel like my life was, uh, it catapulted into a different dimension as far as my career is concerned, artistically, things started to happen. The ball started to roll and uh, doors started to open and things like that. But not only that, but I, I became much more aware mm-hmm. of um, just being and uh, being at peace and finding the peace, right? Oh, I like that. So I want you to kind of save what you're thinking and where you're going right now. Yeah. Because I believe we're going to end up having a part two here, and I would like to talk about that. I am so glad to have the time to talk with you. What I would like to do is go ahead and cut this episode for now. And we're going to come back for part two and talk more about preventive care and medicines and just continue the conversation. All right. So in the meantime, how can we follow you, Brother Trav? Oh, wow. There's a lot of different ways to follow me. Uh, My main hub would probably be Facebook. And Facebook, you can go to my artist page at Brother Trav, the God Brother. That's B-R-O-T-R-B-R-O-T-H-A-T-R-A-V, like victory, Brother Trav, the God Brother. Look me up on there. You will go to my artist page. You'll get to see a lot of my work. Um, you can also uh, follow me on Instagram at God Brother One G O D B R O T H A, the number one. Or you can uh, support my website uh, for my business, which I like to get into the part two episode, if you will, Sister Lock. <laughs> okay. Uh, but there, there's a business called Uprise Events and Entertainment. And uh, there's a website that I'd like you to visit that's called UpriseYourEvent.com. UpriseYourEvent.com. Awesome. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on. Things happening. There's a lot of things happening. So, so much that we can't 
talk about all of them here. So go ahead and continue to follow me. Uh, Thank you so much for hanging out with us, you all. Make sure you come back for part two. All you got to do is follow Laws Healing Garden podcast. You can also visit lawshealinggarden.com for your wares as well. Thank you so much for your support and we'll see you again. Keep growing. Ciao for now. God sincerely dear God sincerely it's me again you said I could call on you when I need a friend you promised to be by my side through this walk called life I know you're busy Lord but I need to talk I remember we used to talk way back in the day at bedtime every night from my knees I pray I learned to say grace before every meal never saw your face somehow knew you were real After all, who could create all existence from one lump of clay? Who could take the darkness of night and turn it into day? Who could fill deserts with sand? Who created oceans and seas? Who populated the earth with animals and trees? The majesty of the well and the slithering of the snake and the wrath of tornadoes, hurricanes, and earthquakes. Now, though I may not quote verses all precise and exact, I know of your greatness, God, but you could do all that. And I may not practice rituals in ways that's traditional. I guess I'm less religious and more like spiritual. And I may not always take time to give thanks. Dear God, I know I gotta do better, but that's why I decided to sit here and write you this letter. First of all, thank you for letting me live to see age 43. And thank you for my two healthy seeds that look just like me. Thank you for blessing me with unique talents, ideas, and gifts. You an awesome God, I do believe that. No maybes, doubts, or ifs. Awesome because you blessed me with the most beautiful and supportive wife. Then you turned around and tested my faith by nearly taking my life. April 7th, 2013, a date I'll never forget. I still get emotional whenever I recollect. I was the perfect picture of health one day, so at least I thought... The next day, I'm fighting the toughest fight that I've ever fought. Ambulance ride, 911 emergency. Now lifted by copter for an eight-hour surgery. Anesthesia and sedatives, I'm seeing crazy visions. Woke up up four days later with a torso full of incisions. I had an aortic dissection, a femoral bypass, and a fasciotomy, as one doctor told it. To put it in simple terms, my aorta exploded. Blood flow completely cut off. Nearly lost my left leg. Tubes and bags everywhere. I'm laying in a hospital bed. Nurses with needles, CAT scans, x-rays. The worst pain I've ever endured in 22 days. Hours of rehab and rehabilitation. The road to recovery equals self-determination. It was then you spoke to me, Lord, and I had plenty time to listen. You reminded me of my purpose, outlined my mission. My life could have been gone in an instant, but death wasn't my fate. God already knew you were good, but now I know that you're great. You brought me through a terrible storm, 
Save me to see a new day. I promise to always praise you, Lord, never go astray. And I guess I'm still less religious and more like spiritual. But when people lay their eyes on me, they'll be looking at a miracle. I was once in the darkness, Lord, but now I can see clearly. I wrote this letter to say thanks, dear God, sincerely. And so I just want to take the time to uh, tell the brothers to please go to the hospital. Please go get treated. Please know your status. We, we lead in every category as far as health is concerned. Hypertension is the main category that we lead in. And you would also see where we lead in cancer, lung disease, it's so many things. And once you look at those statistics, you'll see that we are losing the men of our society due to us having bad health. And so this is something that we can prevent for the most part, just basically by knowing your status, going to the physicians on a regular basis and taking the medications. But I'm asking you to do this as a favor to yourself and to your loved ones. We need to be here. We've got to be here. We've got to be here on earth for our loved ones and family members. Everyone's here for a purpose. And if we don't continue to take our medications and treat our bodies as our temples, as God so ordained, we will not be here to fulfill that purpose. And so if you could, please, I'm asking you to please take the time to always take care of your health on a regular everyday basis, eat properly, rest properly, don't play quite so hard. I know how we are, brothers, I'm talking to you. Um, and let's just take the time to take care of our bodies.